a new game from Bethesda with Shadow dropped on Wednesday, and it's actually quite good. Plus, layoffs have hit every corner of the tech industry, and games are no exception. Tonight is January 29th, 2023, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so not, you would say uh, even if... Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Riffer from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. I like that. The rhythm within. It's when you beat people up in rhythm that is within you. Get it? It'll make more sense in a second. Hello, everybody. And welcome to yet another edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the uh, current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminiscing about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on this wonderful Sunday night, thank you so much. Welcome. We do tape this show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. Come join us and interact with the uh, show directly. Uh, and uh, I will be trying to read intelligent comments from that chat room throughout the night. Wish me luck. But I do understand we are a podcast, and uh, so you might not be able to be here on Sunday nights, but we still love love having you listen as well. We do have a Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. You can find out, uh, you can talk to uh, other people who listen to the show during the week, give feedback on previous episodes, or suggest topics for future episodes. Uh, so I will say, um, for the for the sports ball part, we will pr- not have a show Two weeks from tonight. Um, so I will not be here. OLR usually is still here two weeks from tonight. Uh, and and it is kind of because of sports, but also because there is one night a year I get to see certain segments of my friends. I just don't see them other times of the year. And it's to get around, uh, and, uh, and we use sports ball as uh, the reason. And it's re- really the commercials uh, bet- uh, about the sport between the sports ball. Uh, that's really why we get together and, you know, eat and drink and stuff like that. So I usually go there because these are people I only see once a year. So we will not be here in two weeks. OLR usually is still here for this event. So you're still going to have content here on VOG Network if you don't care about the sports. Uh, I just, I'm going to go hang out with some friends. And uh, so I hope that uh, you are all okay with that. OLR will be here on that evening, but there's going to be an evening later that I will be here alone and they will not be here. So um, stay tuned for that. Uh, but yes, there, there's your sports talk. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, and get right into uh, the first thing I want to talk about is a game that came out this week during the uh, during the Microsoft Developer Direct, which uh, was very interesting watching people react to that because um, I guess we are so used to or people aren't used to Microsoft doing this type of thing where they tell you what they're going to tell you about, then they tell it to you, and then they finish. And everybody's like, no, 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 no. They're supposed to have, like, a a big surprise. And while this game was a big surprise, people were expecting more. And then um, they would even say, like, oh, we're going to go 
And we're going to do a deep dive into the Elder Scrolls Online expansion that we did about 10 minutes on. We're going to do like a 45-minute deep dive. People were automatically like, ooh, Elder Scrolls 6 announcement. They're going to show Elder Scrolls 6. I'm like, no, they literally just said, we're going to show you more about the ESO expansion. We're not showing, you know, and, and people, but they wouldn't say we're not showing you Elder Scrolls 6. So there's, there's always a chance that the Jim Carrey GIF shows up. Oh, so you mean there's still a chance? No. Uh, I was surprised people weren't upset that uh, there wasn't a, a Breath of the Wild 2 trailer during the Microsoft Developer Direct. But what they did show that I cared about were uh, there was one thing that I knew that I was going to care about. And then one thing I didn't realize was going to be there because it was their surprise. Uh, Forza Motorsport is getting uh, is coming out sometime this year, but they didn't say when. And that's a little concerning. They just said sometime in 2023. It was supposed to come out two years ago, I think, or, you know, they've gotten off their yearly schedule, which is probably good. Uh, but they uh, showed more stuff about uh, what they're doing with Forza Motorsport. And the great thing about that is because it's the more hardcore simulation game, not as hardcore as like an iRacing or an Assetto Corsa, but it's a little more hardcore than the Forza Horizon. So they're talking about all this environmental stuff they do that affects the handling of the car. And I'm like, ha, I turned the difficulty down so low, like that's not going to affect me. Like, I'm not going to hydroplane as much because I got the difficulty down low. But the game that I actually wanted to talk about was a shadow drop from, uh, I believe it's what, Tango Studios, Tango Entertainment? But it's Bethesda. Bethesda's publishing it. And it's a game called Hi-Fi Rush. Now, uh, I, I liked this so much, I actually streamed. Uh, and so imagine, if you will, a uh, a game that uh, reminds you a little bit of uh, like a jet set radio type of, of look, but um, you know, uh, but but with 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 MTV style animations uh, from like the Aeon Flux, which is really weird. It's hand drawn. You can kind of tell it's hand drawn. The the animation, the cartoon characters are thirty frames a second. Everything else is sixty frames a second around you. It's a little jarring. Uh, Tango GameWorks. Uh, is the name that made this, uh, and uh, but it's a beat 'em up. It's by I think think people that used to work on on platinum games. I know like Evil Within is the title that the they did earlier, uh, most previously, and this is not anything like Evil Within, but it is a uh, action game, kind of like a Devil May Cry, except it's all about your uh, combos being done to the beat of the music, and. Uh, yeah, so this is the Evil Within studio and also did Ghostwire Tokyo. And then they did this game where it's uh, essentially the storyline, which there is lore, is uh, that um, the, you're, the main character here, who's kind of, who's kind of a doofus, uh, got an iPod uh, stamped into his heart. And so because of this, everything... Uh, is done to the beat. Everything here is done. Uh, it, all the all the environments to the beat. The enemies are synced to the beat, uh, and everything has a rock and soundtrack. And I have not actually heard the real soundtrack because I've been streaming. And when you have it in streamer mode, uh, it it replaces all the licensed music. So like, there's a boss fight very early on uh, that's set to Nine Inch Nails, and uh, I am not uh, and I'm not hearing the Nine Inch Nails. I am hearing the uh, in-house, streamer-friendly, no DMCA um, thing. So, uh, but it's 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 actually a lot of fun, and I am playing it on easy mode, and it, it does not punish you too much if you can't stay on the beat, but being able to stay on the beat, it really does uh, make things go quick quicker, and you get a higher score. 
Um, but it's got a it's got a really good uh, it's got a really good vibe, uh, and it's a really tight. Like it, I'm not finding that much fault with it. Now, some people will say that maybe if they've done a lot of like a, the professional demo of cry player or whatever, done a lot of that, where um, they'll say that it's it's not a deep action game, which honestly is fine for me. Like I don't necessarily need it to be completely deep. Uh, you do unlock more moves and unlock more, uh, you know, combo attacks with your other characters uh, that are with you. Uh, you do unlock those as you go. But from what I understand, for people who are, you know, veterans of this action game genre, it is not that deep. Uh, Tireclaw says the soundtrack has music from Nine Inch Nails, The Prodigy, and Wolfgang Gardner, but uh, it's all tracks we've heard before. Yeah, it's, it's not new music. They licensed other tracks for this. Um, and Tiger Law says this game came out of nowhere. We didn't know it existed until they announced it during the live stream. It actually leaked. Uh, it's just, you probably didn't see the leak, but it did unfortunately leak, uh, before everything happened. Um, so, uh, but, but it is kind of nice to have something like this where, um, you know, it, a game that is polished, it just comes out and it shows up and it was on game pass. So you are, if you had game pass, you had access to play this that night. Um, that, that type of strategy won't work for a lot of games, uh, but this is an established developer, uh, given a prime time slot on a, uh, on, on a platform holders direct that had other stuff, uh, because I've seen people say that, well, maybe, you know, we don't need extensive marketing cycles before a game comes out for it to be successful. And this is exhibit a, this is, I think an anomaly for that. Um, it just the pieces all fell together for this to work, but unfortunately, like most games, no, you need to tell people about it before it comes out, or they're not going to try it. That being said, having Xbox Game Pass exist is a really good way of doing a shadow drop because people will automatically play it and then tell their friends, do entire segments on their video game podcast on Sunday nights at Vogue Network talking about this game. Um, that that uh, that word of mouth will spread, and so I think Game Pass and maybe play PlayStation Plus, if they go down this route as well, um, they uh, will have a lot more of these type of games, games that probably wouldn't have been made otherwise. Uh, but uh, it's it's only it's a thirty dollar game, and it's about from what I understand, the story mode is about ten to fifteen hours. I've played about seven hours, and I think I'm halfway through. So it's it's not a long game, but it's obviously got replayability. There's collectibles to find, higher scores to achieve, and stuff like that. And Questbuster says, I love how quietly it came out and then became a surprise hit. And and Mike Def says, well, this just played its cards right. And that's absolutely true. This game should, uh, you know, if Game Pass didn't exist, A, this game wouldn't have been made. But if it did get made, it would have just kind of been buried. Uh, kind of like probably Sunset Overdrive. Uh, there's a little bit of visual stylings that are similar to to this, uh, that like the, to Sunset Overdrive, and so you know I think that you know this is I hope to see more like this, more games come out like this, and you know there are game studios now that are owned by Microsoft that are able to take these kind of risks. Pentiment is one that Obsidian was able to take a risk on because of Game Pass. Uh, that's not a game they normally would have made, uh, and so I'm really liking some of this where they it kind of takes studios out of what they're known for and they can do something cool like this. Now, this does have, uh, you know, a, a, like the voice cast, uh, Robbie Damon, who is a friend of the show, and that's why I'm mentioning it. Robbie Damon, uh, he is the voice of the main character, Chai, in this. He was 
uh, Prompto in Final Fantasy 15, Goro Akechi in Persona 5, uh, and he's also the voice of the animated Spider-Man on the animated Disney XD show. Uh, so he, so there were, there is big time talent, uh, involved in some of this. Uh, and so it's, it's nice that it was able to be kept under wraps until pretty recently. It, it didn't leak early. It leaked like this week. So Mike Def says, yes, even then it is just 30 us dollars and it is on PC and Xbox. It is a PC and Xbox exclusive. I know that, um, People, I, I know there were people that were hoping it's come to PlayStation and uh, hoping it'd come to Switch, and I don't see it coming to any of those anytime soon. Uh, I, I can see it coming to Switch before PlayStation, but really, this is an ad for Game Pass. This is what they're going to say is, man, if you had Game Pass, and you can play it on the cloud. It is on the cloud, even though it's a rhythm game. Um, you can play it on the cloud and 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 play it on anything, uh, but... Um, but but I'm I was uh, I was very happy with my time with this, and uh, I'm going to continue having fun with my time with this. And uh, Rob Roberts says the literal only reason they would release this game anywhere else is to use it as evidence in the antitrust review. Um, and Mike Dev says I don't see it coming to the Switch. It's an Xbox Series X game, not even the Xbox One. See, I hadn't even known that. I didn't know that this wasn't downported uh, to the Xbox One because most games are. Like, you are able to run on an Xbox One. But obviously, I don't have my Xbox One X hooked up right now. But it runs fine on my PC. Uh, Dark Dead Sea says, My only complaint is the one minigame I'm finding difficult to time. Uh, so there are different minigames in here uh, that uh, remind me of uh, All Statica Ondan and Elite Beat Agents. Same game, different names. Um and and sometimes that can be hard to like figure out what you're trying to do. There's also the blocking mechanic where me as a musician, I want to see sheet music and they're not giving you sheet music, but they play a rhythm and you immediately have to like hit the rhythm back to them. Uh, those can be kind of tricky a little bit. There's a lot of neat stuff in here and the story is kind of funny. Uh, you can pet the cat. You have a robot cat companion. You can pet the cat. Um, in fact, you it tracks on your Xbox leaderboard, it tracks how often you pet the cat. It's actually there. So the more you pet the cat, the higher that number goes up. Uh, you you get only get the achievement for the first time, but um, you, uh, you but it keeps track of how many times you play with the cat. Um, and Mike Def says eight hundred eight best cat. Yes, an eight hundred eight. It is a reference to the TR eight hundred eight, which is a, a synthesizer, very famous synthesizer that has been used for decades. Uh, and even the cat makes the sounds from the 808. Zenmonkey11 says, I think they should try the surprise model more because when they announce stuff, gamers' expectations go way up. Then it comes out and it's not what they expected and gamers trash it. Maybe surprising them is better sometimes. And here's what I will say. That is probably good for titles being published by a AAA publisher or, you know, a AA publisher. Um, I would not say that for a lot of, like, smaller titles uh, from smaller studios that maybe don't have the AAA, um, that don't have the AAA backing, uh, because I, without that word of mouth, that hype coming up to it, people aren't going to care about it when it does come out, or it's going to get lost. Because you know what, things are shadow dropped on Steam all the time by indie developers, and you know they don't sell anything. And Tiger Claw says the drum machine, not a synthesizer, hence the little beat thing. And uh, ZenMonk11 says, I thought I saw this game on Steam this weekend or a game that looked like it. Yes, Hi-Fi Rush is on Steam. It is on PC. You can get it on Game Pass or you can pay 30 bucks and get it on Steam 
or on the Microsoft Store. Yeah, and Mike Def says I didn't know that tidbit about 808. Yeah, it's a it's a the TR 808. It's it's one of the first. I'm not gonna. I don't think it was the first, but it was the one that. Uh, the the backstory on the 808 is it's the one that some somebody used, and I think it might. I don't know if it was a hip hop or more of a techno person, and it it uh one person used it and was very well known, and I, I haven't heard this story in years, which is why I'm trying to be vague. Uh, and then it caught on, it it caught on like wildfire, and it was like a DJ or somebody back in the 70s, uh, started using the 808, and uh, it it caught on from there. Uh, 80s hip hop. Uh, yeah. So I think it was like some of the early beats of 80s hip hop from the early days of hip hop in the 80s uh, extensively used a TR-808 uh, as the drum machine. So, uh, yes, I recommend this. I think you should try it. Uh, if you have Game Pass, there you've got nothing to lose. Uh, it is, uh, And you have an Xbox Series or a PC uh, or cloud, like it's on the cloud. Um, so... I really think you should try it. I am enjoying it. I'm going to continue trying to stream it uh, as I go through. I've played the whole thing on stream, um, and uh, but it's 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 lovingly made. I, I can see that there's there's some cool stuff in there, and it's not long. Apparently, some people are already blasting because it's only six hours long, which I've played seven hours and I'm only halfway through, so whatever. But um, I think that's fine. I don't need long games anymore. Like. Maybe in my past, like when when I only got one game and I played it to death for six months, yeah, I wanted it to last longer than six hours. But uh, that ain't me no more. I'm not that person. Mike Def says, uh, I will say that the tor- tutorial does extend more than it needs to. Uh, that's my only gripe. Actually, there's there's tutorials. Uh, there's still tutorials coming on. Like, I, I have not met all of the tutorial robots because there's an achievement that tracks that. I've only met 90% of them. So I still have more tutorial robots, and I'm seven years. Uh, seven years. Seven hours into the game. It's not seven years. It hasn't been that long. What is time, anyway? And uh, Questbuster says, Speaking of theme, uh, Steam, this currently holds overwhelmingly positive at 3,000 reviews. Yeah, so that's uh, good for them. I'm very happy for them. I am happy that uh, they were able to make this game. I am happy that Game Pass exists so this can exist. Uh, and, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy that I got to play it. And I think, um, that, uh, this is the type of game I probably would have spent 30 bucks on. Uh, but, uh, instead I've got a game pass subscription. Sad Monkey 11 says the people saying it's too short are the same people that complain about a longer game that gets too repetitive. Yes. I would rather have a really focused six hour story that's really focused and doesn't have any downsides rather than a 50-hour open-world RPG that has maybe about six hours worth of story and then 42 hours worth of fetch quests and side quests and collectibles and grinding of levels and stuff like that. I would rather have a self-contained story. And this is one of the things that I will say. This is literally the only thing I might actually say about that game series that is causing all these legal issues about Call of Duty. Because I don't normally play first-person shooters, and I'm not going to claim that I like first-person shooters, but I have, in the past, played Call of Duties. I would rent... I remember renting Modern Warfare, and I think it might have been actually Modern Warfare 2. And I did the campaign, and I beat it in a night. I beat the campaign for Modern Warfare or Modern Warfare 2. I don't honestly don't remember which one. It was one of the Modern Warfares. That's the one I know. Uh, and it was Xbox 360, so it was this was a while ago. 
and I beat it, and it was about six hours. That was great. Like, I, I wasn't really, I'm not really into first-person shooters, but um, it, it, but having that six hour, and there was no downtime. Like, it was just, it was Jerry Bruckheimer movie, boom, 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 action, action, explosion, explosion, shoot, 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 shooty, bang, bang, and and then it was done. It didn't overstay its welcome, whereas, like, I'll go into, like, a Horizon Zero Dawn or something, and yes, there, there's fun stuff, but then it's like, oh, you need to go fetch three of these, and you need to go kill these things, and bring me back the pelts, and all this stuff, and I would rather have kind of a more focused experience than have that open world experience to try to get my $70 worth. Mike Def says, whoever said six hours is wrong, that site re- that registers how long a game takes to beat is over 11 to 12 hours. Yes, howlongtobeat.com is your friend for everything. Um, Fifth Dream says, how long is the campaign for Titanfall 2? Because $3. Uh, Titanfall 2's campaign is pretty short. It's like six hours, I think. Uh, Questbuster says, if you have a brilliant experience with the game for $30 and want more, even if it only lasts a few hours, I would say it succeeded. Uh, and and uh, Questbuster says, also says that Titanfall 2's campaign is fantastic. Yes. Yeah, and Fifth Dream says that the movie scale at $12 for two hours, this game should last six hours and everything else is a bonus. And, you know, there are some people that believe that you shouldn't really compare games and, and movies in that way, but I also totally get that. Uh, because there are games that I've spent 10 bucks on where I've had many, many tens of hours on, and then I've had $70 games that I've finished in six. Uh, so it's, it's your mileage may vary. It's, it's really about what you want to get out of it. And if some people want a lot of filler and want their time wasted um, instead of their time being productively used, then they should stay away from games like this. So anyway, in closing, Hi-Fi Rush is fantastic. Uh, I talked to somebody else, and they uh, another streamer, and they were like, oh, I heard that game was crap, so I wasn't going to even take a look at it. I'm like, no, it's fantastic. Who told you it was crap? Uh, so it's fantastic. If you have Game Pass, give it a shot. Uh, it may not be for you, but uh, if, you, if you like Devil May Cry to the beat, then uh, you might like this, along with a little bit of Aeon Flux-style animations and... Because uh, that was the vibe I got, and also like jet set radio type vibes uh, from the world, and, and you know the 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 the, the hipsterness of of things. Um, but the main character is not very likable because he's kind of a doofus, and that's okay. Robbie Damon plays another doofus, believe it or not. Robbie himself is not, but he can play doofuses really well in video games. Uh, so let's, let's move on to kind of the sad news. That was the fantastic news. I, I let off with the good stuff. Let's talk about some of the bad stuff that's happened because I talked a lot last week about Allspace VR and how Allspace VR, uh, was getting shut down and they were moving that, all that, uh, technology over to Microsoft Mesh, which is essentially the metaverse for Microsoft Teams. And then it came out that, uh, that may not even be happening or my, Microsoft Mesh may be different than what I thought it was going to be. Because Windows Central reports that uh, the scale of the Microsoft layoffs keeps revealing itself through social media posts as we get to grips to just how deep and broad Microsoft is looking to restructure. So this past week, Microsoft revealed that it's joining Amazon, Google, and others in laying off thousands of employees. The cuts reduces Microsoft's global workforce by 5%, which grew rapidly to take advantage of opportunities that were presented during the pandemic. Uh, With work-from-home culture ending, which is a shame... 
Inflation spiraling and Putin's war of aggression in Ukraine disrupting energy markets. Big tech is scaling back to keep shareholders uh, happy in a tough economic environment. Uh, Microsoft is rearranging its bets for the future of the company as a result. Despite having acquired Altspace VR in 2017, Microsoft called the entire team behind the virtual reality workspace project this past week. As a result, it's going to shutter in March, effectively ending Microsoft's metaverse efforts with it. Supposedly, Microsoft Mesh will be Altspace VR's successor, but it remains to be seen how serious the company is about the so-called metaverse, despite the CEO Satya Nadella buzzword-laden speeches on the topic at recent events. They're going to try to get investor money out of it. That's, that's what, that's what Nadella is trying to do. In addition to the death of Altspace VR, Microsoft also called the entire team behind the popular Mixed Reality Toolkit. This is a cross-platform framework for spatial anchors into virtual reality spaces. It was built for Unity VR integrations in the Unity game engine, and it works with Meta's headsets, like the uh, MetaQuest 2, with a focus on the HoloLens. HoloLens has also been scaled back recently in recent years following the departure of its chief architect, Alex Kipman. Microsoft had been pursuing a HoloLens contract with the U.S. military, which was recently scaled back by the U.S. Congress, uh, owing to reported problems with the program. For Microsoft to call the entire team behind the Mixed Reality Toolkit, which was due to release a new version just next month, it paints a picture of a company that perhaps no longer believes in virtual reality. There are many who believe the metaverse uh, represents the next big opportunity in human-computer interfacing, but even Facebook, which rebranded its entire company to Meta in the belief of this technology, is scaling back in this area as well, laying off 11,000 staff back in November. So all that stuff I said last year, it was like, oh, they're going to still do it. It's just going to be in the Microsoft Teams. Now I don't even know that. And maybe they're thinking that Microsoft Teams will have the metaverse, but it would be something you use on a monitor. Now, there's nothing here that talks about Windows Mixed Reality, and I do know that there's a couple of people out there that have Windows Mixed Reality devices. I know Microsoft did not make that hardware in-house. It was more of kind of a design spec, uh, which was also the same way the original, like, Valve used to do with the Steam machines and the HTC Vive was, was that as well. It was them kind of outsourcing the hardware design and letting somebody else make it. Windows Mixed Reality headsets are the same way, but I don't know if this means that they're not going to support that much anymore with ongoing updates. It's not going to break tomorrow. Your your headset's not going to shut off in March like Altspace VR. But ongoing updates, how committed are, is Microsoft to that? And I would worry about that if you have a WMR headset. Uh, S. Jernamat says, uh, the these uh, tech sector layoffs right now are just brutal. I hope all of those p- folks land someplace quick or create awesome uh, startups somewhere. There's about, across all of tech, I think they said there's like 100 to 150,000 tech workers that are currently looking for jobs. This is not the time to be trying to find a new job right now in tech. Uh, even outside of the game industry. I'm in a different, completely different tech industry. And even the company that uh, that I build stuff on top of, which if I said the name, you'd know exactly what it is. But, uh, you know, even them, they had 10% layoffs this month. They laid off 10% of the people. And I want to explain from the other side. And this article I read kind of hinted at it. I want to explain what the thought process is behind the companies doing these layoffs. Now, as I say this, I'm going to reiterate, this is not my personal opinion. This is not necessarily something I agree with. 
I am just passing along information. Last year, uh, when uh, when Blizzard re- laid off a bunch of their people after having a gangbusters year, like the biggest year in history, 200,000 people in the past eight months, according to a New York Times article. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Blizzard, like gangbusters, and then laid off a whole bunch of people in January. And so what I did is I did my own research. And one of the ways I was taught to do my own research was to actually talk to somebody who is knowledgeable about this situation. That was one of the ways to do research, not just looking at YouTube videos that agree with you and stuff, but actually like interviewing and talking to people that are knowledgeable. So I actually went to my company's COO, which is a chief operating officer. So the company I actually work at, my day job, we don't work in games. COO, uh, he's also been a CFO, the chief financial officer. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to talk to you about it. And he's like always, he this person, he, he, uh, he always loved talking about the numbers. He wanted to share this stuff. He wanted to explain things. He was very, he very much wanted, enjoyed this conversation. He even read up a little bit on the Blizzard thing. So, you know, at the time. So he kind of familiarized himself a little bit. And what he said is... Because what I what I had asked at the time, I'm like, they had an amazing year last year. Why are they firing people now? And he said, well, the problem is you, and he was talking to me, you're looking at this as a reward for what they did last year. The reward for what these employees did for the company, they were rewarded last year with their paycheck last year. His job as a COO or a CFO is to predict what they're going to do for the next year. So what they have to do is they look and they're like, all right, that's great. That's what we did last year. This year, what are we going to be able to accomplish? And realize that especially if they're a publicly traded company, which a lot of these tech layoffs are with publicly traded companies, they have a uh, they have to have their shareholders happy and they have to continue increasing the value of the company for the shareholders. It is illegal for a company to not act in the best interest of the shareholders when it's publicly traded in the United States. So they've got to do that. And so they're looking and they have to predict what they're going to be able to do this year. And a lot of times they do that either in January or whenever the beginning of their fiscal year is, which is not always January 1st. So they look and they're like, can we do the same amount of business this coming year? And Blizzard last year probably said, no, we cannot sustain this level of profits which means that if we keep the same amount of team, there's going to be less revenue and less that go out to the shareholders. So they needed to make it to where they could make less money overall, but their shareholders got more money. The shareholders got more value for their investment. And that is why they laid people off. It wasn't because they were terrible last year. They were great last year. It's just the priorities have to change with this year. So... What's happening here is Microsoft said, you know what? We made this much money on VR, but people are not staying home as much. Do we think that we're going to have the work for these people to do in 2023? And they probably said no. And so they said, well, in order to not 
go into the red later this year, we have to eliminate positions. And so they eliminate the positions. They don't rehire for those positions. And so they have to lay those people off. And it is better as a company from a COO standpoint, a CFO standpoint, who, you know, who has to try to not think of them as people, uh, think of the employees as people. And uh, it's better for them to basically cut it off now and restructure and hopefully have a better year than it is to leave them on and then be bleeding money because they don't want to lay off the people and they don't have the work and it's not going to work out for them and people aren't buying it. They don't think that people are going to go and use Altspace VR this year. More people aren't going to use Altspace VR. And so they're like, that's not something that we can sustain this year. And uh, Mike Def says, I don't agree with this either, but at least it's understandable. Uh, and S. Jared Matt says, uh, sadly, economists have been pre- uh, predicting a recession for a bit, so they're uh, so they're market correcting uh, now rather than mid recession. Like they're doing the best. Unfortunately, they're doing actually things that are in the best interest of the company surviving. It's just there are actual human lives that are getting affected by this because they no longer can work on the project. Maybe they really like their project. Like some people do enjoy their jobs at these big companies. Um, not everybody hates their job. Uh, all the time. There's always bad days. Any job, even if it's the best job in the world for you, there's going to be days you're not going to want to go into work. Um, but but a lot of people probably do overall liked their job, liked their coworkers, liked what they were working on. Uh, Questbus says, following the Great Recession in 2007-2008, a lot of tech layoffs occurred then to amid others when the crash affected everyone. Um, there was a lot of layoffs in 2000, I remember, because that's when I even though I know I'm 29, that's when I graduated college. And so being a recent college graduate, trying to get a job in the tech industry after they laid off all those people. And But what happened in 2000 that caused all that, um, also, uh, as well as a recession, but what happened in 2000? Well, all these people were employed for three years to solve Y2K. Remember Y2K? You're probably like, oh, Y2K, yeah, it was a nothing burger. We all got worked up for nothing and nothing happened. The reason nothing happened is because there was a three-year concerted effort where every programmer that was not retired was working on getting systems updated so they didn't have any catastrophic things happen when the clock rolled over to 2000. So once Y2K was solved, all those people they didn't have work for. And so they had a lot of a uh, lot of layoffs. Questor says, "Yes, help us if you know COBOL. Yeah, COBOL programmers, other mainframe developers. Uh, my dad actually was was doing a lot of Y two K type stuff because he had written apps and database languages that uh, that used two digit dates. And um, the best part about that is one some of the ways they solved it were they were like, oh, if the year is less than twenty, just say it's twenty. Whatever. And then if it's above 20, say it's 19, whatever, which was great in 2021 when people didn't realize they did that. Now, Shield 10 says your CFO sucks and I would start looking for a new job if I were you. And I'm not sure what that was. There's a little bit of a delay, so I don't know which part I was saying uh, that that claimed that he was sucking. He was just trying to explain to me why Blizzard possibly did because nobody actually knows he wasn't in the boardroom but why blizzard probably did lay off people uh after having a gangbusters year um 
But uh, so he was just explaining to me the the thought process that goes on at these larger companies. Uh, my company uh, has not laid anybody off, and I'm in tech, so we're just not hiring right now. But uh, we're we are not in danger of anybody laying anybody off. And Mike Def says, uh, hence why Kotick, uh, Bobby Kotick from Activision, who is not in the Bobby Club, by the way, I've kicked him out, uh, why he was uh, so successful in that sense. So there are also other layoffs that are happening, uh, not just this, but in video game media. And a, a lot of people that I know that worked at like larger companies, uh, you know, uh, that, that I've known for a long time, they've gotten laid off recently. Is uh, Kotaku reports that the Washington Post imposed more layoffs than Tuesday, just a week after owner Jeff Bezos visited the Washington, D.C. office. Among the ritual sacrifices will be Launcher, the newspaper's gaming section, which routinely broke important news stories, landed big interviews, and asked the tough questions. Had you heard of Launcher? You probably didn't. And the reason you didn't is because the Washington Post did not actually like advertise them or promote them or really give them any of the resources they needed to become successful. Uh, Launcher had only turned just three years old this last fall and was one of the few attempts by a mainstream media outlet to tackle the unwieldy world of video games in a way that wasn't condescending or misinformed. Uh, Kotaku understands that some of its team will be reassigned to other parts of the Washington Post, while the others will be laid off. Due to their union contracts, those affected will still remain employed until March 31st. 50 positions are reportedly being eliminated overall, including 30 vacancies that will go unfilled and 20 staff who will no longer have jobs. Uh, Executive Director Sally Busby wrote in a memo to staff at the same time, quote, uh, we are also eliminating currently filled positions we concluded are not essential to servicing our competitive needs, unquote, Um, because they are still uh, hiring people. They're just hiring people in different roles than the ones that they are laying off. Um, So there's uh, the closure of launcher comes as companies across the rest of media shed jobs as the Federal Reserve attempts to manufacture a recession. By the way, that's actually something that's happening outside of the scope of this podcast. But yes, they're trying uh, to appease Wall Street investors. Games media has been hit especially hard with recent layoffs at IGN, Game Informer, Fanbyte, GameSpot, Giant Bomb, and more. Um, the video game industry, meanwhile, is projected by some analysts to grow to $300 billion before the end of the decade. Um, so no, I actually have a friend. He was an Atlanta podcaster and got hired by, uh, I can't, he, he wound up at giant bomb and he actually was like one of the on-air talent at giant bomb. And he was mostly a video producer. He got laid off. And so like, yeah, that 10 year dream of being a video producer in game media, uh, it ended this week. Uh, now Axios, uh, which is where Steven Totillo is now, talked to some people. And this was the interesting part about the Washington Post uh, stuff. Uh, one Post insider told Axios, uh, not not authorized to talk publicly, but was basically a friend at Steven Totillo's, uh, said that Launcher had previously been praised as an example to the newsroom of the Washington Post on how to bring in younger readers. No explanation had been given internally for why Launcher specifically was cut. They just said that, quote, leadership communicated to Launcher that Launcher was succeeding in its mission, and this was solely a factor of we were required to have layoffs, unquote. So Launcher was doing so well, they had to lay him off. And I I, I wonder if that's just because people are like, ah, video games, only kids play that, which you still see articles like that today where they're like, I bet you thought video games were only played by kids living in their mother's basement, but it turns out it's mostly adults. Oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, next you're going to tell me the video game music is, is more than just bleeps and bloops. Yeah, we've known that for a while. 
Yeah, uh, thoughts go out to you if you are uh, were affected on the layoffs uh, of anything in the tech industry, because a lot of the tech industry is going through layoffs right now. Um, and uh, if you are in the tech industry and you are in a position, I would advise not trying to look for a new job right now, because you're fighting up against a bunch of people at a lot of these big places, and they're getting snapped up, and it's going to be very hard to find something for a bit. Uh, Sharon Matt says Bobby is reciting Forbes or Yahoo gaming articles. Uh, there was no, it was something on um, the the bird site um, that uh, that it was, uh, and I'm trying to find um, see if see something where where I said it because somebody had posted about it and uh, on the bird site, and I'm trying to uh, let's see here tonight. So this was the the actual article, and I I don't know they didn't put where it was. Uh, because they don't have that, but it's uh, the, the actual article here reads, um, Tonight, tens of millions of Americans will wind down from a day of work at school with a leisure activity that did not exist a century ago, video games. Until fairly recently, games were considered a niche hobby typically associated with children. That was an article written this month. Fairly recently. We're going to take a quick music break. While we sit and and listen to that and and just percolate on that um sj when matt says that's the new york times is where that was from uh so yeah ser- search the author because i i put the screenshot up on the screen uh we're gonna take a quick music break and then uh we will be back to talk to other people about some of this stuff you're participating with the bobby blackwell show in the voice geeks network at twitch.tv slash vog network Chocobo all day. Can't get it out of my head. Hey, this is Robbie Damon, the voice of all your favorite anime and video games, and you are participating with the Bobby Black Wolf Show. Have fun, baby. This sounds like you're having fun. You knew I was going to play that. I kind of couldn't not. Because he's also the voice of Chai in Hi-Fi Rush that we spent, you know, the first, you know, entire, you know, 20 minutes of the show talking about. Uh, so, yes. So, uh, if you want to leave a bumper, uh, you don't have to voice Chai in Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, just contact me on Discord over, or uh, over on uh, any of the social media I'm on, at Bobby Blackwolf. Uh, mstdn.games is the federated server I am on for Mastodon. Um, and uh, Dark Tessia says, yeah, I should have guessed it would have been that bumper. Of course. It was going to be that bumper. I'm glad I didn't play it last week. I played Max Middleman's last week, so I'm glad that I was uh, I was good enough to to save this one because I didn't know this was going to happen. But uh, but yeah. Uh, so if you want to leave a bumper, I just need uh, either your voice without any music behind it or a video of you without any music behind it. I will choose which DMCA violation I will uh, risk, uh, and then just saying about how you're coming back to uh, the Poppy Blackwell show for real. Exactly. Um. So uh, usually I th- I talked a lot about layoffs and 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 Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be taking calls. Uh, we do actually have a green room. So the way this normally works or would normally work, I say this every week and I realize that I don't. Uh, we do have a green room voice chat channel. 
uh, in our Discord, and you hop in there, and then I'll pull you into another channel, and then we can talk and uh, you know talk about anything going on in the gaming industry, which was really how this show really started was it was kind of like me talking for half of it and then talking to other people for half of it. And then it kind of morphed into this 50, 20 or, you know, 50 minutes one way, 10 minutes the other way, which we're going to do now. We're going to talk to uh, what's we're going to talk about what's coming up next or uh, coming up next here on the voice geeks network at twitch.tv slash vog network is orange lounge radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. Uh, and we like to check in with them to see what they're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, and uh, because they're, they talk about more things and uh, probably more happy things than what I was talking about. Sacramento, are you there? I am here. Hi, Bobby. Hi. So uh, have you tried Hi-Fi Rush yet? I know that. I have. Okay. How, yeah, I got to you... play a little bit of it yesterday. It's, uh, I, I played it off stream because I wanted the full music experience. Yeah. I wanted to see all the licensed music uh, played into it. So I, I had a pretty busy week, so I wasn't really around the day mm-hmm. the Microsoft press event happened or any of that. Um, so I caught up with it a little late and I saw a little mm-hmm. bit of you streaming it, but yeah, yeah, um, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's a pleasant surprise. I think, uh, what some folks said earlier in chat is pretty right on the money. This is a, a very smart release for this particularly unique release strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it's, it's not something that needs all the hype and build up and having it come out now. Uh, and it's a good game too. Like if it wasn't a good mm-hmm. game, I don't think they should have done, they, they would have done this. Mm-hmm. But I think that it got play tested well enough and and focus grouped enough uh, yeah. that that I think they felt confident that it would come across. But if the game sucked, then mm-hmm. that would be bad. And yeah. so then and you $30... want that pre release hype to try to force people to to pre order it. Yeah, and that thirty dollar price tag certainly you know outside of Game Pass, you know, yeah. for for the other places you can't get it certainly mm-hmm. helps. Yeah. Um, and it's an interesting contrast to, you know, what you may or may not remember was another major game release this week, which was Square Enix's Forspoken, mm-hmm. which is quite on the other side of what you're talking about there, mm-hmm. where there has been a lot of buildup. There was a demo that came out that had some mixed reception to it. Um, and now the game is out. And just full disclaimer, I haven't played it. I still don't yeah. even own a PS5, so I have no horse in this race. Um, I'm I'm hearing extremely mixed things on it, extremely mixed. Um, and that's not where you want to be with a $70 game that you've been hyping up for months and months. Yeah, and, and I, I've been hearing about that and, like, people talking about, like, the dialogue in it, in yeah. Forspoken. And it's like, and I'm, like, listening to it, and I'm like, it actually, it sounds fine. And then it's like, imagine if it was Star-Lord and Guardians of the Galaxy saying the exact same lines. You'd think it was great. There is definitely some discourse that's motivated by some of the um, inclusion that Square mm-hmm. is trying to do with this game that, you know, they should certainly be applauded for when you consider on one hand they're doing this. On the other hand, they're doing things that are exclusive, as we've seen with Final Fantasy 16. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that that aside, it's, it, you know, a, a, a not great game is still going to be a not great game. Yeah. And then we didn't talk about the other Game Pass release. That like the other half of people that aren't playing Hi-Fi Rush, and I haven't even tried it either. But uh, we but we got Goldeneye, finally. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, it's it's on Nintendo Switch Online and on Xbox. And I haven't. Well, I don't have the expansion pass for Nintendo Switch Online, uh, but I haven't tried the Game Pass version yet. Uh, but I did hear like there's like the the cheat mode system in the Xbox version. It's not there anymore. Um, but but um, and and I've also heard that some people are like. The Switch controller kind of sucks for N64 games, so you have to do all these accessibility things to remap mm-hmm. the controller for things. And I'm like, yeah, see, the game didn't hold up all that well. It's it's not the game you remember in the 90s. 
Yeah, and I mean, that doesn't that happen a lot with these retro releases? Is it very rarely, you know, it takes a, a Super Metroid, hint, hint, or fine, a Chrono Trigger, a Final Fantasy, you know, type of g- game, you know, mm-hmm. a major Mario, uh, that type of release to really get people to get sucked into the game for hours and hours, right? Yeah. It's, uh doesn't tend to happen with some of these other ones that, you know, graphically, maybe mm-hmm. they were better when we were younger than they are now. S. Jordan Matt says, Goldeneye now is a lot harder than I remembered as a kid. No, you were just better at it as a kid. Well, welcome to me playing the Mega Man collection. Yeah. <laughs> One or two, your pick. Yeah, because like, I, and, and even like with me, with old, you know, because I didn't beat that many games as a kid. Like, I've never beaten that many games. But one game I could beat without a Game Genie. Because that that's that's, that's very I, I beat many games with my Game Genie, but one game on the NES I could beat without a Game Genie, I could beat Ducktales on easy, oh. and I wouldn't even lose a life. Like I could, I even actually found a VHS tape of me doing that. It's probably my first speed run, but it wasn't really a speed run. But I actually taped <laughs> myself beating it without losing a life. Nice. Okay. I couldn't do that now. Like I've actually picked up that exact same game, and I had like I'm not able to do it. So, you know, I'm I'm sure there's a VHS in my parents' garage somewhere mm-hmm. of me going through every uh, dungeon level in Ultima uh, 3, which I think was Exodus, Ultima Exodus, and casting the visibility spell so I could actually see what the map looks like and refer back to it later. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm too lazy to use graph paper. That's right. And now you just have the screenshot button on the Switch. Yeah, now it's, yeah, it's completely different now. Yeah. Except the ultimate games are missing from the Switch. I would I would welcome mm-hmm. those, but I imagine licensing is yeah. a little complicated. Yeah. So, uh, but hey, this is a great time for gaming. I already have a game of the year candidate here in January, and yeah. last year I didn't really like know until like even in the end. I'm like, I don't really know what would be my game of the year. Like Stray came close, mm-hmm. but and and Trombone Champ came close for the meme value. But like now I'm like. I hope I remember about Hi-Fi Rush in December. That's the thing. It's released so early. Like, am I going to remember Hi-Fi Rush in December? And you're like weeks away from Theatrhythm. I know, which I I did. I normally don't order ahead of time. But? But this time I did because I knew I was going to get the ultimate $100 edition anyway. And you get a couple things early and stuff. So, I, But I waited until now. I didn't like order it months ago. Yeah, but and you I, know what you're getting with this one. It's a it's yeah. much different. It's not taking a gamble. Yeah. So uh, and I'm getting it on Switch, so I can have it with me. Even though, nice. you know, even though eventually, well, I don't I don't think it's coming out on PC because I'm like I know I'm getting a Steam Deck eventually, but like I'm gonna have a Switch now. So they're probably afraid of modders. I wouldn't. Yeah. Think it's gonna be on PC anytime soon. Although mm-hmm. Square Square has been pretty good about putting their stuff on PC. So maybe, mm-hmm. but I don't. No, if I've seen anything with a very rich DLC store yeah. on PC, I'm trying to think. Nothing's jumping to mind. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I'm getting it on Switch. So if, if anybody out there wants to play multiplayer, I'm getting it on Switch because I know it's coming for PS4, PS5, Xbox, stuff like that. Um, Mike Def says, if I had just played Tunic, maybe I would have had a game of the year last year. He's really on to me on this Tunic thing. Maybe I need mm-hmm. to make that a channel point reward. Is that like enough channel points? And I go play Tunic on stream just for Mike Deft. Yeah, there's some streamers I follow that have. I mean, it's pretty. It's a pretty high channel point reward. They set it at like 100 or 150k, but it's basically do a stream of whatever game I pick. Yeah, um, and uh, goes over pretty well in their communities. So Mike Def does bring up DJ Max in terms of because there is a PC version of DJ Max. 
mm-hmm. that has that has a store. So I don't know if that's kind of what he was referencing. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I meant specifically Square Enix. Oh, Square Enix. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, I I got your uh, yeah yeah to- totally fair call out. But yeah, I meant specifically Square Enix. Yeah. So uh, so yeah so um yeah Hi Fi Rush is fantastic. We're it's a great time to be a gamer right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's good. It's going to be a great year because all the games that got postponed because everybody was working from home and had to work slower. We're going to start seeing this year. Yeah. I mean, Zelda is like an, what, an April release. No, like no, no. It, it's, I, it's in May. I know, oh, I know oh, yeah, exactly the day it is. Cause everybody's 29th birthday, right? It's, 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 it's a May release. Yes. So, I mean, but think about it. That means it's not a holiday release. Yeah. So it's I Nintendo mean, sitting on something for the, the anniversary of my 29th birthday is absolutely a holiday. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's before E3 or whatever the mm-hmm. E3 thing is going to be this year. I mean, E3 is going to happen, so we can say that. It's it's a different E3, but it's going to happen. And yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's so it's great that we don't have to wait until a holiday now to mm-hmm. see some of this stuff. So, so yeah. So, uh, what else are you going to be talking? And Actually, and going back and like, yeah, all these great games are going to come out and all these game media sites laid off most of their workers. So I guess influencers are the future is what they're kind of everybody's banking on at this point. It's, it's up to you and me now, Rob. It's up to you and me. Follow me on TikTok where I can say anything I want. That's right. Uh, um, so what else is coming up on OLR tonight? Truth be told, it was a little bit of a slower news week. The Microsoft yeah. thing really did take the cake, but there's been some interesting developments in the League of Legends front. Apparently, their source code has been stolen. That could be, mm-hmm. you know, when you want to talk about mods, especially for a game a lot of people play, or just, you know, privates, just hacks, cheats galore. That could be a very bad thing for what is a very competitive game. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll also talk about, speaking of games that might finally come out this year, uh, a recent Walmart listing leak whatever you want to call it has indicated the uh, advance wars delay may be over you may remember mm-hmm. this game was delayed due to russia's invasion of ukraine and the storyline in advance wars seeming a little bit you know tacky uh to be released the same month as that whole you know thing had started uh so how long is did nintendo need to wait for this to pass or whatever mm-hmm. they want to because the war is not really over but apparently at this point uh, now that we're a year into the conflict, maybe Nintendo's ready to just release the game and yeah. maybe realizing, too, that there's certain things that they yeah. can't control and it is what it is. We, we've we've come become used to it being a thing now, so it's yeah. not de- it's not as sensitive of a topic. Yeah. Basically. Yep. Mike Daff says, uh, Bobby, you said, like you said at the beginning of the year, the game I'm excited for uh, most is the one that has not been announced or launched and Hi-Fi Rush fits that. See, there you go. Because I got asked, what do I think is going to be the sleeper hit? I'm like, we don't know it exists yet. And Hi-Fi Rush is one of those. That this Have is. You noticed, by the way, yeah. sorry, very random, but did you install it on your PC? Yes. Did you notice that the icon to launch the game is not called Hi-Fi Rush? It's called Hibiki. At least on my system, it is. Mm. I don't have the. I don't install the icon to the desktop, so I don't know. It just struck me as interesting because I think that was the code name for the game. Probably. probably. So yeah. just, that's why I was kind of throwing out there. I was like, oops, they kind of left that in with the shadow releases. That, yeah, yeah, I actually let let those things installed to my desktop because mm-hmm. I have a very messy desktop. But uh, it's called Hibiki okay. in the menu. So I thought that was interesting. Is like, oh, they let the project name sneak through. <laughs> let me see because it might be in my all apps. I'm going to look here real quick. FG. Yep. Nope. It is that on mine, too. Yeah. In my uh, in my start menu, if you go to so if you have it installed on your PC, what we're talking about is what what I did is I went to the start menu and looked at all apps 
uh, or I'm on Windows 11. So, but if you just scroll through there, yeah, it is Hibiki. It's even yeah. there. It is. So, I wonder if that's in Japanese. If that's the oh, Japanese good, name. Good maybe? call out. I'm not sure. I noticed it was a picture of the cat too, which is yeah. a little less descript as to what the game really is, yeah. which I thought was interesting too. Yeah. So, learning things. We're, we're, we're doing investigations in real time, like mm-hmm. games media should. Uh, Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks. It's always Bobby. Uh, so uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash VOG Network. Come join us. Interact with the show directly. I will not be here in two weeks, uh, two weeks from tonight, because I'm going to go hang out with people that I don't normally see. Uh, because, uh, you know, and, and I'm not... I'm, I don't care about the actual sport event. Uh, I kind of wa- I enjoy watching the stuff that happens in between the sports uh, where they're trying to sell me a product that I'm never going to buy. Those are kind of funny. And then, but it's really to drink and hang out with friends. Um, uh, Hibiki in English is echo is uh, what Mike Def says. Uh, so it might, that might've been a code name and that was what it was about. Uh, so yeah. So uh, if you like the show, tell a friend, if you hate the show, tell an enemy, uh, I don't care. Just tell someone. Uh, the show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet. But we would not be able to make all this work without the help of the chatters that go above and beyond. Uh, and uh, I want to thank them right now. So thank you so much. So thank you so much to TGE78. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you so much for the subscription. Fifth Dream resubscribed for uh, the 43 months. And he said, the answer to the question of life, the universe, and everything. And then Sean322 cheered 200 bits, said, uh, saying that the Eagles won, go sports ball. So uh, I guess uh, fly, Eagles, fly. Um, you know, I don't know. How many, how many quarterbacks did you take out to win that? Anyway, pod culture, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have said that. How, how about I hit the button over here? Uh, to, uh, to get us out of here before pod culture really just leaves and says, I don't want to hear about that anymore. So thank you so much. Play Hi-Fi Rush. I promise. It's great. See you next week. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.